freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com, the network's website, oraclebroadcasting.com. Today is Sunday, August 5th, 2012. We have a great show planned for you here today. We're going to be continuing our ongoing discussion of the occult mockery of police and military personnel. We've been talking about this topic for the past few weeks. It is part of our section of solutions, of solution-oriented approaches regarding human consciousness. And this uh, solution section that we've been covering is the non-support of dominators, helping to understand why people who, want de- who desire the control over other people want that control, what's going on in their psyche. Uh, What are their situations? How are they actually being looked at by the people who are using them as pawns and tools? And that's what this section, this subsection, the occult mockery of police and military is all about. Showing just how much contemptuousness the so-called controlling uh, arm of this dark new world order that is being built is viewed by their very owners, by the people who own them in mind. And since they own them in mind, they therefore ultimately own them in body. So that's coming up today on What on Earth is Happening. I have a few event announcements. The Free Your Mind 2 conference coming up in 2013. I have a couple of changes about it. You can take a look at the uh, related um, images section for today's show on the What on Earth is Happening uh, com radio show page. And you'll see that Indeed, the Free Your Mind 2 conference dates have been changed. So take note, uh, I announced that it was the um, uh, 19th, 20th, and 21st last week. That has been shifted back a week, approximately a week, to April 25th, 26th, and 27th, 2013. And those dates are now set in stone and are not tentative because we have now finally uh, booked a venue for the conference. So the venue, I can announce today, is going to be the Arch Street Meeting House, formerly known as the Quaker Meeting House. The Arch Street Meeting House is a historical site here in the 
uh, city of Philadelphia in the historic district. It is about a block away from Independence Hall where the Declaration of Independence was signed. The Arch Street Meeting House is a beautiful venue, and that's why we compromised a little bit on the dates. Those uh, The dates that we had originally planned were not open uh, at the Arch Street Meeting House. When you see the venue, for those of you who will come out to this great conference, you understand why we made a little bit of a uh, compromise on those dates, because it's a beautiful location. It holds at least three to four times the amount of people that we could have possibly gotten into Ruba Hall for the first year. So this conference is going to be bigger and better than the first year uh, event that we held back in 2011. So Free Your Mind 2, April 25th, 26th, and 27th, 2013. We need help in organizing this conference. Anybody who is local to the Philadelphia area who might want to get involved in helping with putting this conference on, who might want to contribute your time, your effort, your resources, please get in touch with me. You could email me at mark at whatonearthishappening.com if you are serious about wanting to do some voluntary work in helping to organize this conference. Also, we need donations because it, it is not free to put something on like this insofar as we have to pay uh, um, speakers to be able to travel. We have to give them airfare. We have to put them up in hotels for uh, speakers that we may not have enough lodging space for in individuals' homes who are going to be helping out in uh, providing for, for that um, logistics. So, um, uh, there will be a donation page on the website. I have built the new shell of the new website, and that will be going online sometime this week. Um, it is almost ready to go. I am filling in content now, so look for the new Free Your Mind Conference uh, website look to go online, uh, hopefully by the end of this week, and um, the old site will still be contained within it. You will still be able to access all the videos from the uh, first year event. Okay, so that's Free Your Mind 2, the Truth, Freedom, Prosperity Documentary Night every last Thursday of the month here in Philadelphia at Essene Market and Cafe, 719 South 4th Street. And you know, uh, again, I just have to uh, give a brief aside here. 4th Street in Philadelphia keeps coming up over and over and over again. It's definitely some kind of uh, synchromistic um, event, some kind of uh, uh, energy there. Uh, it's very close to where Independence Hall is at, as I mentioned. The Quaker Meeting House is at 4th and Arch Streets. 4th and Arch Streets. Very, very, very symbolic. So um, as a brief aside, I just thought that that's very interesting uh, synchro mystically. But um, to go back to the uh, free documentary night at Essene, Essene is at 4th and Monroe Streets closer to the South Philadelphia uh, area, 719 South 4th Street, the exact address, last Thursday of every month. This Thursday, we have a really special event planned. It's Thursday, August 20th, 2012. We're going to be showing the film Original Intent, Part 1. We're going to be doing uh, this over a two-part um, episode, two, two episodes here uh, over uh, August and September at a scene. We're going to show Original Intent, which is, a, which is a three hour long film about the original intent of the founders of this country and what they really intended America to become, the, the experiment in freedom that was this country. 
and how we've gone so wildly off from those original intents of the founders through cultural Marxism and corporate fascism. The maker of the film, James Yeager, who I can also announce is going to be one of the speakers. We have him confirmed for the Free Your Mind 2 conference. James Yeager is actually going to be present at this particular uh, documentary night. He's going to introduce the film, and he's also going to take part in the discussion in a way of a question and answer session uh, about the film and its making uh, after the film is screened. So that's uh, Thursday, August 20th, Essene Marketing Cafe, 4th and Monroe Streets here in Philadelphia. For more information on that, you could go to truthfreedomprosperity.org. James Yeager going to be live in person uh, at the next Truth, Freedom, Prosperity documentary screening night. That should be very interesting. Okay. Uh, I will be speaking at the MUFON PA East Coast Conference. This just came through last week uh, because one of the speakers was uh, unable to make it. I wasn't originally scheduled, but I've now been asked to speak and have accepted. So the MUFON PA East Coast Conference, the Mutual UFO Network, September 28th, 29th, and 30th. I will be speaking on September 30th, that's Sunday, and my topic is going to be morality and disclosure. What are the moral implications of the continued cover-up of extraterrestrial phenomena? Not very often that I speak on this topic, but when I'm uh, offered an opportunity to do so, I usually uh, take the individual up on it. So uh, the MUFON PA East Coast Conference, September 28th, 29th, 30th at the Sheraton Bucks County Hotel, 400 Oxford Valley Road in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. For more information on this conference, go to www.mufonpa.com. A lot of great speakers. John Ventry, Frank Fashino Jr., Sue Switek, Karen Dolan, Stan Gordon, Travis Walton, Rob Switek, Peter Robbins, Grant Cameron, Richard Dolan, and Stephen Bassett, in addition to myself, will be speaking. So go to MUFONPA.com for more information on this conference coming up September 28th, 29th, and 30th. Okay. Uh, last week at the top of the second hour, there we did have a brief two-minute break cut into uh, uh, the show. Um, the producers at the Oracle and decided to keep that break in just so I would have, I would personally have an opportunity to take a quick bathroom break if I needed to uh, during the show. I know that the show is, uh, has been made ad-free by sponsorships, by chi a chip-in uh, effort uh, on part of the listeners. I, uh, after speaking to the network, I uh, asked them to let's keep that two-minute break in there at the top of the second hour. Just so if I have to use the bathroom, I'll have an opportunity to just do that briefly and then get right back in at the top of the second hour. So if, if that is a huge issue for the people that did donate to make the show completely ad-free, uh, just write to me and we can discuss it and I'm willing to be flexible about that and even take that one out. But um, for now, I told the network to keep that in because it does seem reasonable over a two-hour period. I might need to empty my bladder so uh, that two-hour break doesn't seem like a gigantic issue to me. If it is to anyone else, contact me and we can talk about it. 
All right. So uh, regarding the ad-free chip-in effort, uh, as I put on the web page and on the radio show page, we will need to keep that going if we want to keep the show ad-free. So um, that this has been going great. This is uh, was a great idea, and um, people have really been uh, coming forward and making this happen. So we're already at uh, $400 raised for the next three-month period. We need to raise 1000 for the next three months to keep the show ad-free. And um, that's going really well. Please keep the efforts going. Keep the donations coming in. I thank everyone uh, wholeheartedly for that. Um, it worked out even better than I thought it would. So um, great job uh, to our listeners, and it is very much appreciated. Okay, the topic for today is uh, the continuation of the occult mockery of police and military personnel, which we've been talking about over the last several weeks. We're going to continue that today, and of course, the slideshow that goes along with these uh, with this talk is on the radio show page of WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com. It's listed right underneath the player. You'll see images for today's show. There are a couple of images there, and then underneath that, you'll see occult mockery of police and personnel slideshow images, and there's 148 listed. We've gone through 92 of these images. I'm going to pick up at image 92 and give a brief review that we were uh, that we ended off with last week on symbolic language. This is known as green language or alchemical language, and I want to explain briefly why it is called green language. Um, you could also follow along with the PDF document. I have li listed a PDF document underneath the images. If you don't want to click through the slideshow, you can download a uh, PDF document with all of the image images in one place. The only drawback there is you will not see the animation when an animated uh, image comes up. So uh, let's jump into the subject material. Green language, which we left off talking, on, uh, talking about last week is symbolic word pun or word play language. This does not necessarily have to be deliberately constructed by the person who constructed any given language. It seems that this type of word pun language, which is called either alchemical language or green language, it is also sometimes referred to as the language of the birds. And this is another pun because it's the language of bards, okay, of people who are coming forward using their voice to speak truths into creation. So um, green language or alchemical language, first of all, does not have to be deliberately intended. It could be, as I mentioned last week, an example of what is known as synchromysticism, which is the seemingly mundane is somehow speaking to us through language, through symbol, um, through uh, sometimes through art, through examples of um, medium, uh, different media that have that has been brought forth into existence through enormous creative effort. You'll see this done sometimes through um, uh, movie making. You'll see this uh, in art, in literature. It happens organically. It happens, um, I guess you could say, by will of creation itself. It doesn't have to be an 
uh, deliberately intended effort on the part of the maker. It, it simply works out that way. And it seems to work out that way most often in the English language when you see this example of green language or when you see this um, uh, aspect of synchromysticism coming in through language. So you have to really look up synchromysticism and just get an example or a feel for what that is. It's a great study unto itself and there's tons of examples on uh, the internet about this. We um, briefly discussed this on past shows. So green language I would say is an example of synchromysticism in action and sometimes it is also deliberately intended on the part of the um, uh, orchestrator of a particular event or circumstance as the case may be. So it can be orchestrated and deliberate and it can be an example of synchromysticism. The reason it's called green language is green is the color of, as we talked about in past weeks, centeredness, the middle of both the visible spectrum of light and the self because it is the color of the heart chakra in the chakra system, the Vedic chakra system. It is the color that nature provides in the greatest abundance, the color that we need to take into ourselves to provide bodily health, mental health, psychological health, and ultimately spiritual health. This is care energy. It's heart energy, green energy. So it's called green language because one only really recognizes it when one has become, when one has entered that green space, you could look at it as. One has come to a place of balance within themselves. And the hemispheres of the brain, the left brain hemispheres we talked about associated with the red frequency, okay, logic and the physical world, physical world modalities of thought, red frequency associated with this, blue frequencies associated with the right brain hemisphere, taking in without first, you know, uh, putting up blocks and filters to information, open-mindedness, intuition, nurturing, caring, creativity, etc. These are right brain modalities very much associated with the blue frequencies of light. Again, not pigment, but light. When we come to the place in the visible spectrum that is right in the middle between these two frequencies of light, between red and blue frequencies, we have green. Green is the color that is directly in the middle of the visible spectrum of light. We looked at it as not only the center of light, the center of the self, but also the center of nature, which is why this planet, again, uh, uh, produces a green in the greatest abundance. Uh, very synchro synchronistically, I have here a batch of green juice that I made, and uh, it is just phenomenal. I mean, it, it's one of the ways I think that we can supplement our diet if we do some organic green juicing. You can look back into the uh, shows that I did on food for some recipes on that. And uh, it will really help to energize the body and uh, help to put our mind into a state 
that is balanced. So that's why it's one of the reasons this is called green language. It represents balance in the brain that is necessary to be able to perceive this synchromystic connection in language that is telling us something. It is the universe speaking to us through the language that we have constructed, trying to tell us something about what really is. That's what green language is, or in other words, alchemical language, the language of the birds. It's a very interesting study in and of itself. Please do look it up and study it on your own. Okay, so we're going to look at some examples of green language when it comes to the military and the police in mocking ways, in very derisive ways, in contemptuous ways. So we left off at image number 92 last week, and we were talking about the word police, P-O-L-I-C-E, police. Now, we can break this word down in basically a couple of different ways. If we break it down right down the middle, P-O-L on one side and I-C-E on the other, phonetically, you're saying pol-ice, pol-ice. Okay, it's the same phonetic variant in the way that the, the mouth organizes the word, the way it actually um, uh, expresses it. In green language, you could, there's a couple of transformations that can be done with the word or the syllables or the letters. The first is you can make long vowels into short vowels because you're basically using the same phonetic variations when you say a or ah. The mouth is doing the same basic thing. You can also substitute letters uh, for sounds or you can substitute, you could spell out letters. In other words, if I have the letter I, you know, that's the same as the word I, E-Y-E. I can substitute I in there because you're saying the exact same sound. So I, as a letter, just the letter I, meaning me, I, and I, E-Y-E, can be interchanged. You can do things like that. So if we're looking at the word police, and we're breaking it down. We're taking P-O-L and putting that to the left side and I-C-E and putting that to the right side. We can then put in a letter. We can put in E, P-O-L-E, because we're not changing the sound of the word. Pole and P-O-L, which is the root of people, okay? And pole, P-O-L-E, the sound does not change that is being made when you speak those two words, or in the case of P-O-L, a piece of a word. So now we have the term pole ice. This is a Masonic allegorical symbol, okay? Pole ice, referring to police, means these are the people who are making it next to impossible to make the climb in consciousness. This is represented by the first degree tracing board in the occult 
um, tradition of Freemasonry. These pillars or poles represent aspects of the consciousness, as we have seen in studying esoteric Freemasonry on past shows. We looked at what these pillars represent, the duality that is inherent in us that we need to transcend, okay, that the world has programmed into us, and that it, we will stay in if we stay in base consciousness or physical world identification, which is represented by the checkerboard floor of the house, thus representing the checkered life or the checkered worldview of people who have not come out of ignorance. They still don't know about cosmic spiritual law. They still don't know about objective morality, the objective differences between right and wrong, and therefore they are wanderers on this floor of the house. And I'm referring to this symbol in image number 92, this um, sigil that is the first degree tracing board of Freemasonry. That checkered floor represents that base consciousness and ignorance of higher law. And it also represents the journey toward unifying, unity consciousness, unifying the left and right brain hemispheres, the sun and the moon, the temple of Solomon, sun and moon. That's what this image represents. And that, that's the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere of the brain. They need to be brought together in balance so that we can make the climb up that ladder, which is the middle pillar, the path of balance, that middle path or middle pole to higher consciousness represented by the all-seeing eye of the creator. And when you have the key of care in hand, that's how you can make that climb. That's why that key is there in the middle of that ladder that has to be striven, uh, strived for, okay, so that we can unlock the stargate to higher consciousness that is within us. This is a highly symbolic symbol that represents putting aside duality, getting out of the imbalance of left and right brain hemisphere imbalance, and making a journey upward in consciousness to unity consciousness, whereby we are not a uh, dual anymore within ourselves. We think, feel, and act without contradiction. As we think, so we feel, so we act. That's what this symbol ultimately represents. So, the word police or pole ice is a Masonic green language mockery that is basically calling them ice. Now, that's another Masonic term. Again, ice. These are often lower level Blue Lodge Masons. Okay? Specifically, the FOP, the Fraternal Order of Police, um, is associated with the Blue Lodge degrees of Freemasonry. And I wouldn't even say Freemasonry. I, again, I have to train myself to get away from even looking at this as actual Freemasonry. This is dark Masonry, is what we're talking about here. It's not true, original, esoteric Freemasonry, as was taught in the ancient mystery schools. It is dark Masonry. It is a perversion of that original tradition that was 
a tradition uh, through allegory and symbol to teach morality and cosmic law. And it is, again, in the modern world, we see that it is horribly fallen from those ideals and it is being used in an occult way to subvert consciousness. And this form of green language is one of these ways used as a mechanism of mockery and not even, again, it's symbolic and therefore whenever symbols are used, it's wordless mockery. But in this case, it, it is being done through words, but words that need to be understood in a context of symbolism. So when we look at the, uh, the calling of police ice, we're seeing two different ways of, of mocking them. One, if they're pole ice, that means that if, uh, if the pole that needs to be climbed to get out of lower or base consciousness has been iced over, it has been covered with ice, it is going to be extraordinarily difficult to climb it. And that climb cannot be made. And indeed, these are the people who are ultimately holding back the evolutionary progress of humanity through their lack of understanding of natural law. These are the people who are doing the bidding of the dominators of this world. These are the people who are physically implementing the new world order, the dark new world order, and have always been doing it. They have always been the That's why it's called a police state, ladies and gentlemen. It isn't called a people state when there's horrible tyranny. Okay, it's called a police state. They're the ones who ultimately always implement tyranny. Regardless of who you want to claim is, is responsible at higher levels for giving orders, the order followers, again, are always the ultimate architects. It can't, that structure cannot be built without them. They, again, they may not be the architects, but they're the physical builders of it. Okay, they're the construction workers that actually do the building. So, another way that ICE is used in a derogatory sense when we're talking about uh, Masonic green language here is that they're being told that they're, they have not reached the light. Okay, this is another thing that ICE means in the context of Freemasonic symbolism because reaching the light is the 33rd degree. It's the first of what is known as the illuminated degrees of Freemasonry. And if you're below that 33rd degree, you're frozen. Okay, 32 degrees is the temperature at which water is frozen, is in its ice form, which means you have not become free-flowing. You have not ultimately received the light of the sun so that you can melt and become water, which is the symbol of spirit. Okay, the spirit has not been taken into oneself through the light of the sun, the knowledge that you take into yourself about higher law. And that is why 33 is considered the first degree of illumination, the illuminated degrees, because it is the first degree of temperature at which water melts, because it has received enough sunlight. So calling pol police ice is another form of mockery. It's subtle, yes, it is subtle, but it is there. And again, whether you think that's deliberate or not deliberate, 
I would say is irrelevant because if it's deliberate, you know, we, we can build the case that it is deliberate based on how this symbolism uh, works out through this kind of language. And we could also build the case that, okay, it's synchromystic. Well, either way, you're being told something as a result. And it's something profound to see if you're at a place in consciousness that you're able to decode that symbolism and that language. And I would say there's de it's definitely an encoding, a hidden encoding, whether it's uh, deliberately orchestrated or whether it's an example of synchromysticism, I would say, I would almost say it doesn't matter. It's there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. So another way we could break it down is we could substitute the word ice for eyes, okay? We're saying the same phonetic variant here. It's not no different. Eyes, eyes. It's the same thing. You're, you're forming your mouth in the same way to say these words. Okay? So pole eyes, right? I've written it here on the fourth line of this image, is saying the individuals have been polarized. These are pole personalities. Polarized personalities. In other words, they have been trained and indoctrinated into seeing the world as us versus them, which is their mental attitude when it comes to anyone who is not police or anyone who is not giving them their orders. It's, it's us and everybody else. And as long as that mind state stays present in these individuals and they cannot be brought to true unity consciousness and seeing the situation of our world as that we're all in this together and getting out of this us versus them mentality. See, I'm not even in an us versus them mentality when it comes to the police. That doesn't mean that when police come for my freedom, I'll, I would lay down and say, well, since you're me and I know that you're, you know, we are ultimately one at some aspect of being, that I'm not going to do anything or take any action. That doesn't mean that. What it means is I'm reaching out to make this effort to explain this to them and help to get them out of that us versus them dualistic mindset. The fact that I'm doing that is proof that I don't see them as separate. They're the ones who continue to see everything as separate. We have to try to get them out of this mindset so that they stop serving this evil in the world because that's all they're ultimately acting as. And again, people can make a billion excuses about why they have to do what they're doing or why society is so much better with people like that in it. No, it isn't because it's all based on control, which is ultimately based in fear and you cannot create order through fear. You cannot create any goodness through fear. You can only create chaos. You can only create destruction. And it's part of the reason that we're heading into a totalitarian society is because these people have chosen to try to control people rather than educate people. I've said before, you want to look, you want to know what the solution is? You need the people who are in this us versus them mindset and we're going to control and we're going to centrally plan everything and we're going to, you know, create further centralization of power so we can control people and, and that's somehow going to make the world better. If that's your, your 
purely imbecilic mindset that's based on a complete lack of understanding and total ignorance of the laws of nature. Um, one, understand you will never create anything good with that. That's an impossibility. That's like saying, um, I'm going to ensure the safety of my house by covering it in gasoline and lighting it on fire. Yeah, I'll create safety like that. Watch. Here we go. You know, enjoy what you're going to get. You're going to get something that is burnt to cinders. And that's what ultimately these people through their ignorance are doing to the world. Whether anyone wants to accept that or not is irrelevant. It happens to be the case. It happens to be true. And I, I've said before, what they need to do, it's not even so much as what they need to do, it's what they need to stop doing. They need to stop doing. It's apophatic. The pathway, the solution to this is apophatic. They need to stop following orders. Order following is the problem. Okay, And that can only happen when you're in a sick, demented, twisted worldview of everything is us versus them. And I have to get come out on top and I have to be the one doing the control controlling. You know, true freedom doesn't just mean that there is no one controlling you. It also means you're not controlling anyone else. So th this green language, to continue it, pole eyes, is the polarity of these individuals. It's the polarization of their mindset into looking at the world as constant, strife and struggle between one group and another group and they are picking a side they're choosing a side and saying I'm going to play this role and I'm going to be the aggressor and I'm going to be the controller so it's a polarized worldview that doesn't see everything as together as unified it sees everything in a state of constant separation the second uh, aspect of this, we can change the I apostrophe S as in many eyes or individuals into eyes, E-Y-E-S, pole eyes. And this gets into some deep uh, mystical symbolism when it comes to vision, when it comes to what is the difference between two eyes and one eye? Why is one eye such an important symbol? Over and over again in different in different. Um, uh, consciousness traditions, regardless where they happen to be uh, geographically, regardless what, of what time period they happen to be found in. When you're saying that someone has pole eyes, you're saying they see the world in opposition consciousness, in dualism. They have not unified the eye. Okay? They have not unified themselves they're still in a state of conflict and opposition within. And their spiritual sight is dualized. Okay, It is still existing in a state of dualism. That's what pole eyes, E-Y-E-S, P-O-L-E, pole, polarity, polarized, right? Eyes. So they're seeing with the two eyes, on top of those poles, the sun and the moon. In other words, states of imbalance toward one brain hemisphere or another. The sun being the left brain hemisphere, which in a state of imbalance results, chronic imbalance toward the left brain hemisphere results in the desire to control others. 
to be a dominator. And in the right brain hemisphere, the lunar okay, hemisphere associated with the moon, imbalance toward that brain hemisphere results in being an order follower, okay, bowing down to authority, accepting the authority of others, and then therefore just doing what they say blindly. And this exactly describes the consciousness of police, exactly, identical. They are people who are stuck in the chain of obedience. They think they, in their right brain imbalance, because their entire brain is imbalanced. It's not just imbalanced to the left brain. It's also imbalanced in the feminine lunar uh, hemisphere of the brain, the right brain hemisphere, because they're in a state of chronic imbalance there because they're constantly bowing down to the authority of others. So as an order follower, they're trapped in the right brain hemisphere. And then as a order giver, as somebody who, uh, you know, is given a little bit of, quote, authority to go and command others and bark orders out at other people, uh, they're trapped in that chronic left brain hemispherical imbalance. So they're not only really truly in these states of chronic brain imbalance, as we've talked about a ton here on this show, but they're also being mocked in regards to it by being called police. The word police means a state of chronic brain imbalance toward both brain hemispheres when we decode it alchemically, when we decode it in green language terms. And again, people in a state of left brain imbalance themselves will say there's nothing to this. This is all just made up and you're seeing connections where there are none. Well, I would say there's no way I'm seeing that connection by accident. Again, you can make the claim that's not planned or orchestrated and fine, wonderful. It's still there. Then the universe put it there by our arbitrary choice in language. And it's still telling us something if we understand how to decode it in language and symbol. So the next slide and, you know, Again, more and more synchromysticism seems to be coming up. Synchronicity, synchromysticism. Because I didn't plan when I was making this presentation for this to be slide number 93, the next slide. It just happened to work out like that. It's not like I said, well, what's my number 93 slide going to contain? Okay? I didn't do that. And I really just noticed this in, in re-looking at this presentation, that the, the slide that I put together for the first Free Your Mind conference of slide number 93 was about the all-seeing eye, and it was a quote from the Gospel of Luke, the words attributed to Jesus regarding the one eye. Now, if, if there's no clearer example of synchromysticism and of the universe speaking to us, I don't know what is because, again, if you look at what the number 93 represents, it is the number of will, it is the number of ascension, it is the number of love, it is the number of aspiring to higher consciousness and unity consciousness. There's no way that's an accident that this slide just happened to be slide number 93 of this presentation. I, no one will ever make me believe that that's an accident. That's an example of the universe speaking to us and what they call in synchro mysticism a sync wink. Quite literally, 
the wink of the eye. Okay? So this slide is showing what the all-seeing eye or the one eye actually represents. And the words attributed to Christ in this gospel of Luke, again, here's more synchro synchronicity. Luke is another form of the word light, looks in Latin, light. And that's what this is all about, the light. And the words tell you that this is all about the light. The quote from the gospel of Luke, light, okay, attributed to Jesus is, quote, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is single, your whole body is full of light. But when your eye is dual, your body is full of darkness. Now, I want to take some time to really break this down and help people to understand what's being said here. The words attributed to Jesus here in this gospel are telling people that the spiritual vision, the spiritual spark of the divine that is within people is represented by this concept of the eye. Now that is the word eye, E-Y-E, like it's something that you see with, being able to see the nature of the reality that is around you and being able to see the nature of yourself, of what's going on inside of you is key to awakening is key to opening up that eye or that center of spiritual vision within the self. And he's saying that the eye has to be single. There needs to only be one eye. In other words, it, you cannot exist in dual consciousness. He's saying the brain hemispheres in conjunction with the heart, have to be unified. As we think, so we feel, so we act. Our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions have to be brought together as one. And when we do that, this one eye, this spark of the divine, this center of the, the spiritual intelligence within us all comes online. It has been looked at as the pineal gland in the center of the head in conjunction with the heart chakra opening up and flowering, true care being born in conjunction with knowledge and a balanced mind. That's what the all-seeing eye is traditionally represented. And here in the middle of these two pillars, representing duality, the two pillars represent the dual aspects of the personality. Masculine, feminine, okay, that need to be brought together in balance and blending to awaken the one eye. Now, he's saying when that's done, that the body is full of light. That means that your actions will be in harmony with the laws of nature. Your actions will be in harmony with the laws of the creator of the universe. You will be in harmony in your actions bodily with cosmic spiritual law which is the light. If you see things in that constant state of separation, he's saying when your eye is dual, when you have this us versus them mentality, and moreover, when the eye is dual, it also means that your thoughts, emotions, and actions are not in harmony with each other. As you think so uh, uh, is not as you feel or as you act. 
You may think one thing and then do another. You may feel a certain way and your actions betray those feelings. What has been traditionally called the sin against the Holy Spirit. To sin against the Spirit is to know that actions are wrong and then to do them anyway. You're betraying what you know to be right and what you feel to be right. What your conscience is telling you is the right thing. And that's the state of dualism. That's the state of opposition within. And the, the Christ uh, figure here is saying, when your eye is like that, when it's in that state of dualism, when it's dual, then your body is full of darkness. That means all of your actions are ultimately going to betray cosmic spiritual law. They're not going to be in harmony with the laws of nature. And in any way can they not in any way can they possibly create order or harmony or peace or prosperity. It's an impossibility when that's your state of consciousness. And that's exactly what is being said to these police. They're being told at all times and places that this is the state of consciousness you're in and mocked as a result of that. They're being, just by the fact that they're being called police and then they're called officers. It's saying the exact same thing in two different words because officer, we could apply some rules of green language, off, then take the letter I by itself and then take the letter C, E, R, the letters C, E, R at the end, off, I, sir. Well, you, we could look at it just like that. Off I, sir. Right? It's a, a, a person who is has the eye off. The one eye is off. But if we apply another rule of green language, okay, we can take the word, the letter C by itself and then just replace it with the letter C, S, with the word C, S-E-E, -E, as in to see something. So C and the letter C and the word C, S-E-E, -E, applying to sight or vision can be interchanged in green language. Off, I, C, er. So the letter C and then E-R tacked onto the end of that. And that becomes, when we put it together, the word seer, one who sees. And in this case, it's one who cannot see. Because if the eye is off, off eye seer, you cannot see. Especially if the one eye is off, you definitely cannot see the spiritual reality of where you're at in consciousness. And this is what these people are being mocked by being called an officer, an off eye seer. And they can't even see that, pun intended. They have no idea how they're being mocked in this way. Both the word police, so put it together, they're being called a pole eyes off eye seer. A pole eyes off eye seer. Meaning, they're seeing with the pole eyes, but the one eye is off. 
Or in other words, they're seeing everything in a state of separation and duality and us versus them mentality. And yet, they have no spiritual vision. And as sad as it is that these people are being mocked in such a way, I cannot say that it is untrue, ladies and gentlemen. It is not untrue. Is that not exactly what perfectly represents their state of consciousness or lack thereof? I would say that it is. I would say that it's a highly appropriate term that totally applies to where they're at. They need to be made able to see this by putting this in front of their face constantly. And some of the people that really need to bring this stuff to their attention is, is the women in their lives. Because let's face it, yes, women become police too, but the vast majority of the people who are building the dark new world order are men through the physical force. I'm not saying there's no women behind the scenes in the occult because you better believe there most certainly are who are consciously directing this. But the people who are going to be doing the physical work of this dark order are men because it happens to simply be the case that they have the muscular tensile strength to be able to force physical will on other people. And that, that's not a sexist statement. It happens to be the case that men are the physically stronger of the two sexes of humanity for the most part, not to say that there's no exceptions to that rule when it comes to certain individual women, but I'm saying it's a generalization that does hold true. Men are gifted with the tensile muscular strength that is largely not present in the female um, sex. So uh, men are going to be the builders of this dark new world order one way or another. Their actions ultimately have to be controlled as a result of controlling their minds to get them to build this world of enslavement by physically controlling other people. So, women in their lives ultimately have to come to this awareness and awakening and then reach them. And I'm going to do an entire show on that coming up. How women can reach out and help these men transform and get out of the state. The problem is they first have to transform themselves and get out of some of the uh, horrible mental states and, uh, you know, physical world only identifications and obsessions with, you know, different frivolous things and, uh, you know, uh, identification with money, etc. that many women are trapped in. It's not just men who are in those states of consciousness, of course, it's women as well. So when women take back that power, and transform themselves first, they can become an incredible influence to the men in their lives. And sadly, one of the reasons why the world isn't transforming at a quicker pace is because more women aren't stepping into that role as nurturers and uh, uh, transformative um, examples in the lives of the men that they share their life with. So let's continue with looking at a little bit more green language. We look at the word military. Military can be broken down 
into M-I, then L-I-T, then A-R-Y. And if we then just apply some rules of green language, we can make the M-I part long, a long I sound, my. L-I-T would become a long I sound, which is light. And then A-R-Y, we can simply pronounce awry. So my light awry. My light awry. And the word awry means it has gone astray. It has wandered off the path. Well, if your light has gone astray and wandered off the path and is out of control, that's not a good thing. It's more subtle mockery through words, through this green language pun. My light awry. No one wants their light, their inner spiritual, the spark of the divine that exists within us, their inner spiritual strength to go awry. You want it to be on course. You want it to be, you know, directed and taking it where you want to take it. If it's gone awry, that's uh, certainly an indicator that your life has gone awry, that you're, you know, headed in the wrong direction in life. So we'll pick this up in a couple of minutes. Stay with us, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We'll continue with the analysis of the occult mockery of police and military personnel in the second hour of the show today. We'll be right back. Okay, everyone, we're back. Continuing our discussion about the occult mockery of police and military personnel through the use of green language or alchemical language word puns. We were looking at the word military, which breaks down to my light awry. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be one whose light has gone awry. I want my light shining brightly and directing me on the proper course in life. Another word that is used to describe individuals in the military is soldier. And soldier is another word that is a alchemical occult word pun. We could look at, break it down, S-O-L and then D-I-E-R. So S-O-L means a couple of different things. It's the name for our sun, the light, okay? Soul is the name of the sun. And look at how many things the the phonetic pronunciation of that term soul means soul is the sun soul is means one once again we see this come up over and over and it also means the soul the spark of the divine within 
my soul, S-O-L, if all of those things have died, dire, or you could even look at it, you could reverse the R and E at the end because it doesn't change the pronunciation of the word. It can mean dire, meaning really in a bad situation. Well, if the sun, you know, our light is in a dire situation, if the individual aspects of the personality is in a dire situation and the soul itself, the spark of the divine within us is in a dire situation, that's really a bad thing. See, even if we don't reverse that R and E and we just keep it D-I-E-R, saying it's a dire, one who is dying. The light is dying within us. Our individuality is dying and ultimately our soul is dying. More occult mockery. And again, you don't have to accept or believe that this is orchestrated in the creators, by the creators of the English language. This could be an example of synchromysticism, telling us that that's exactly what this individual is, one who has sacrificed all of these things within themselves, their light, their individuality, and ultimately their soul. And that's why so many of these people come back from the immoral situations that they put themselves in by following orders and commit suicide or exist in a complete state of uh, psychological devastation through post-traumatic stress disorder and other psychological illnesses that manifest themselves. When they're not mocking you in symbolic language in these positions, the controllers, the occultists of this world, will be all too happy to do it in a very direct way. For people who, you know, think, oh, this is all too subtle and, you know, it's just seeing connections. The next slide, image number 96, shows... Henry Kissinger making the statement that military men are just dumb, stupid animals to be used as pawns in foreign policy. Dumb, stupid animals. What did I tell people that the dark occultists of the world call the military and the police? They call them their dogs. And once again, just to be, you know, very clear about this, that's, this is not a term of endearment. This is not a street lingo uh, term being used in the sense of, yo, my dogs. Absolutely not. It means that you are an animal that will listen to my commands. You will sit when told. You will, you will speak when told. You will um, attack when told. And you will lay down when told. They look at them as animals that have no intelligence and no ability to make their own decisions that have put themselves in the position that they put themselves in because they don't want or like personal responsibility and they want to simply be told what to do. They want to be given orders and then to follow those orders like automaton robots. And the controllers of the world who are positioning these people in the world, positioning military and taking you know troops and putting them into different uh, life-threatening situations, this is how they view them. He's one of them. He's one of these planners, Kissinger. And he's telling them to their face that you're a dumb animal that I'm going to use as a pawn in my game of chess, of global chess. And yet these people will still go into these positions. 
It's amazing. Because again, as image number 97 shows, they love being that puppet. They want to be that puppet because that, to them, that means, oh, I don't re really have to do anything for myself. I don't really have to better myself. I don't have to change myself. I don't have to have to think for myself or come to my own conclusions about anything that I may take in, in the, uh, as far as the outside world goes. I could just be manipulated and moved. And wh where the puppet master leads me, I go. No thinking, no responsibility. Th that is so true as to why so many of these people love this state of being. Love it. And it wouldn't matter how much they were mocked or ridiculed. They have given themselves over to darkness. They have given them, not wanting to ultimately control yourself, to want to learn about yourself, to want to go within, understand what's going on in the psyche, work with that material, and take the responsibility to transform and better that, it means you've given yourself over to evil. That's what that means. In no uncertain terms, and I'll say, state that unapologetically, if that's the kind of person that you are, you don't want any responsibility, you don't want to have to work with your, your, the aspects of yourself and your own personality to transform them and make them better, and you want to just give your actions over to someone else and let them make decisions for, for you, that does mean that you've given yourself over to evil. That's, what, that's the definition of giving yourself over to evil at the, at the very base fundamental level. And that's, that's, these puppet masters are all too happy to take those strings. They're, they're sitting there, you know, lying in wait to take those strings that people willingly put in their hands because of the lack of that responsibility. And again, going back with this theme of looking at people as dumb, uh, immature animals that absolutely can't think, don't want to think. We said at the beginning, they call them their dogs and they symbolically place on their body when they go send them off to the altar of sacrifice, they put dog tags on them, Sim, uh, shown here in image number 98. And this is, again, this is deliberate because, you know, they've been calling these kind of people their dogs, their animals for a lot longer than I've become aware of it years ago. This has been going on for a long time. And people can, you know, find the ostensible origin of the dog tag. I understand that there's other explanations given for where it comes from. Let me tell you something. What lies ultimately behind that effort is an occultist who decided, let's have some fun with our pets. Believe me. If you understand how they think of these people, even seeing the symbolism and the word play, all of that and how they look at them, even seeing, hearing Kissinger's words or understanding that the dog tags literally means that they look at them as their dogs, it doesn't even still do it justice. Again, I want to try to have the scene depicted where I watched one of these Satanists break 
down hysterically laughing. Like, you know, the, the, the kind of, you know, la laughter after which you're holding your ribs because your ribs hurt. And you think your, one of your ribs is going to crack from how hard you were laughing. Tears streaming down his cheeks, laughing at the police, telling me that if they came forward and told them how much they were involved financially, politically, militarily, in all of the control aspects of society, in all of the institutions, that they wholly owned their mind and body to what they've gotten them to believe in, how they've gotten them to give over themselves you know, to these institutions and do whatever they're commanded to do. They said, th this gentleman said to me, if we came forward and told these people that, these animals, they would not accept it from us. That's how complete our mind control over them is. It's so total and complete that we have gotten them to accept that, th that we are not th actually their owners. That's how much they believe in the illusion of these institutions that we've perpetrated for them to believe in. So they, they don't need to tell them openly that they're their owners. You know, th they've gotten them so wholly to believe in this religion of authority and this religion of government that ultimately they've given themselves over to that. Even though these dark occultists are the ones who are really pulling the strings behind those institutions of ostensible power. So another aspect I want to start looking at today in the second hour is numerology involved in the uh, occult mockery of police and military because we've looked at symbolism now and we've looked at language through green language. Let's start taking a look at numerology. And again, this is another thing that People will dismiss and say, oh, there's nothing to this. Well, I would say there most certainly is something to the numerology because it keeps working out in the same ways because it's, it's either the deliberate orchestration put forward by these dark occultists or it's an another example of synchro mysticism. The universe telling you, pay attention to symbol, to archetype, pay attention to sound through through. Uh, words through language pay attention to number well let's think about this for a minute what are the most basic elements of energy sound form and number quantity this is these are these are the building blocks of everything sound form and number and there we have it, form, symbolism, sound, words, number. So regardless of whether you want to accept or believe that this is a orchestrated um, coming together of this form of mockery, if you don't want to look at it like that, look at it from the synchromistic perspective. Because it's, this, it's ultimately the same thing. It doesn't matter. What's being said, regardless of whether it's coming from man or from creation, 
is the same thing. So when we look at the gematria of, of police and military mockery, we want to look at, we want to start with two basic numbers. And this is the number 777, the numbers 777 and 666. And we looked at this on a past show uh, when we looked at the gematria involved in 9-11. The number 777 in different mystical traditions has always been looked at as the number of man in a state of unity consciousness or having been transformed to the extent that he is like the divine. The divine within him is being expressed. It's, it's at its highest level of expression. So therefore, he is in the world and not of it. You could look at this as Christed consciousness. Okay? It's unity consciousness. Thought, emotion, and action have been brought together. No opposition. As we think, so we feel, so we act. Our thoughts, emotions, and actions are unified and activated. So it's the number, you could look at it as the number of the completion of a man. Our lessons are learned. We see things no longer in a state of separation, but as fundamental unity, and our actions reflect that. So that we see the divinity in others and treat them as such, as the sovereign beings that they are. If we make the gematria reduction, which ultimately is adding the digits together and then we take, get a result and add those digits together until we come down to a single number. So 7 plus 7 plus 7 is the number 21. And then 2 plus 1, we add the result together, the 21, 2, and the 1 give us a 3. That is called the gematria reduction of a three-digit number, such as 777. So 777 reduces to 3. Another number to understand occultically in gematria, gematria meaning occult numerology. It is geometry and mathematics brought together. 666 is the failure of all of those aspects of consciousness in man. We're not using our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions to our benefit or betterment. We are not in unity consciousness. We have failed to arrive there. We, have, we exist in duality, in base consciousness. So the number of man in base consciousness or beast consciousness is 666. It is the falling short of that number 777 in those three aspects, thought, emotion, and action, which each digit represents. And there's a reason it's 777 being the number of man like the divine. In other words, embodying the principles of higher consciousness. Because 888 is the number of the godhood, the infinite one. It's the number of perfection and infinity, which no man is in his earthly form as a human being. That's why our no number in our highest state is 777. And this is symbolic. Again, we have to understand this is symbolic. It's all about number and form. And relating that allegorically to a message, to an understanding of ourselves. 
The number 999 represents unifying man in his perfected state with the divine, which is, in other words, the concept of the perfection of all creation or the reason for being of the universe. 999. And, you know, we, we look at it as if we add 888, the number of the divine, to 777, the number of man embodying the characteristics of the divine in the physical world, we arrive at 999, the number of cosmic completion. Well, people will say, well, how do you add 888 and 777 and come up with 999? Well, that's really easy. If 777 reduces to 3, we could also rewrite it as 111. We saw that in the gematria of the reverse of the Great Seal of the United States on the back of the $1 bill. That 777 and 111 are used interchangeably. So add 111, which is the same thing as 777, to 888, and you get 999. So understanding these two numbers and what these characteristics you know, of these numbers represent symbolically helps us take a long way on our understanding of how certain numbers are used when it comes to um, police and military. And I'm going to give a, an example here specifically of uh, the police because this is where numerology is used most frequently when it comes to police. It's used in the military too, but the best examples uh, that I have to present are uh, used when it comes to police. So 666, man in base consciousness, the number of the beast, the thoughts, emotions, and actions are inactive, they're incomplete, they're certainly not unified. When we reduce 666, we add the three sixes together to get 18, then we add the one and the eight together, and we get nine. So ultimately, the number of man in unity consciousness is three, and the number of man in beast consciousness is nine. Okay. The number nine, I've talked about this before, represents the carnal nature of man, man existing in duality, man existing in five sense identification. And in slide number 100, I give a quote by the founder of the Church of Satan, an organization that I was a priest in, appointed by the high priest Anton LaVey. He's giving a quote, I'm giving a quote uh, by, from LaVey here from his book called The Satanic Rituals, and it's about the number nine. LaVey says, despite others' attempts to identify a certain number with Satan, it will be known that nine is his number. Nine is the number of the ego, for it always returns to itself. Now, people just reading this for the first time may be confused by this, but it will, it will all make sense. No matter what is done through the most complex multiplication of nine by any other number, in the final equation, nine alone will stand forth. So, LeVay here is admitting that nine is the number of Satan, or man trapped in beast consciousness, in the ego, in the state of separation in the state of duality. 
But he, he does not offer the fact that in Gematria, when we reduce 666, we get a single digit, which is 9. Because 6 plus 6 plus 6 is 18. 1 plus 8 is 9. So he doesn't offer that. To, he says, despite others' attempts to identify a certain number with Satan, meaning 666, but he's not telling you that in occult gematria terms, those numbers are identical. Well, of course 9 is his number. It is 666, reduced. That's all it is. If we look at what LaVey is talking about when he means that it comes back to itself, that 9 returns to itself all the time, we'll see what he's talking about when we look at image number 101, the properties of 9 from a purely mathematical perspective. Pure, purely mathematical perspective. It represents the ego or base consciousness returning to itself. Okay? So on the left here, we see the additive properties of 9. When you add 9 to any other value. So if 9 represents base consciousness, man and ego, man and duality. And when I say man, I don't mean male. I mean mankind. Okay? Humanity. Humanity and ego, base consciousness, when we add that to any other value. So we start with 1, we add 9, we get 10. And then reduce. 1 plus 0 is 1. We end up back where we started, at 1. Meaning, we added the 9 and it did not change the result. Let's do that with 2. 2 plus 9 is 11. Add the two 1s together, you reduce it to a 2. We started with 2, we end up with 2. Adding a 9 did not change the value. You do this with any number. Any number, whatever it happened to have it as its original value, you add 9 and it goes, nothing changes. Okay? So adding 9 changes nothing. And when we understand 9 is the number of the ego, it means when you add ego into any situation, it changes nothing. No value can be brought to the table. Nothing can be changed as a result if ego is what you are working with or adding into the equation. Let's look at the multiplicative properties of 9. What happens when we multiply anything by 9? Well, 9 times 1, of course, is 9. 9 times 2 is 18. 1 plus 8 is 9. 9 times 3 is 27. 2 plus 7 is 9. 9 times 4 is 36. 3 plus 6 is 9. We have a pattern. No matter what you multiply 9 by, you add the, up the result and you get 9. It doesn't matter. You could do this with a decimal value. You could do this with a number no matter how large it is, how many decimal places it has. Whenever you add, whenever you multiply 9 by anything, it only creates more 9. So in other words, whenever you multiply base consciousness or ego, more ego is the result. More base consciousness is the result. And that makes perfect sense. You multiply something, you get more of it. So you multiply the consciousness of duality, you get more dual consciousness. And that's what we're being told symbolically. That's why 9 is considered the number of the beast. It's 666, the failure of man, okay? 
And the inversion of that, when we turn it upside down, is 999. The triple digit nine is the number of completion. That's of the higher level consciousness man unifying with the divine, which is the purpose of creation, is for consciousness to come to a higher level of understanding of, it, of itself and emerge with what it really is. So, when we look at occult gematria, one of the main concepts found in it is the ascension of from base consciousness to higher consciousness, or to go from the 666 to the 777, to go from base consciousness to, to Christed consciousness, from the consciousness, satanic consciousness to Christed consciousness. And therefore, we could look at it as going from because they're able to be used interchangeably, not just going from 666 to 777, but going from 9 to 3. And there's that number, 93, the number of the will, thelema, the number of love, the number of ascension to higher levels of consciousness, 93. So, in slide number 103, I explained that that is what the number 93 has traditionally represented, symbolically in occult terms. It is the number of love energy. It is the number of will power. Aligning your will to the higher will of creation. And it is the number of the climb out of base consciousness to come off that floor of the house and make the climb up the middle pillar to the all-seeing eye. It is the ascension process to higher consciousness. So what does 93 have in any way to do with the police? For those asking that question, you're exactly right. It doesn't have anything to do with the police. That's the problem. What number does have to do with the police? Again, a number we've seen and talked about already, which is 911. The number, at least here in the United States, that people dial for the police. 911. Now add that together and we get 92. Just add the two ones together. We could also look at it as add it all together. 9 plus 1 plus 1 is 11. And that comes out to a 2, which is duality. So, 92, we could look at 911 as really being 92. What that's saying is that you didn't make it to 93. You didn't ascend. You're still in duality. You're still in base consciousness. Chaos. Lower awareness. Lack of understanding not making it to love energy, not making it to w true willpower, the alignment of your will with the cosmic universal will. So the number of the police is 92, which is the failure of all of those things, not just for them, but for us, for even relying on them to solve problems for us. Calling the dominator 
to fix problems for us in society, not being willing to take on the responsibility to educate ourselves and others properly so we don't have to do anything like that. And even, even just doing it is the failure of personal responsibility to handle issues for yourself. Well, I won't worry about this uh, individual who, you know, clearly wasn't educated properly and, you know, ended up becoming a secondary psychopath, not caring about anybody but himself because of the nonsense he's been taught all, all, all of his life and indoctrinated with. And, uh, you know, it's not my responsibility to do anything for a person like that, so I'll just let him become a criminal and wreak havoc on society, and then we'll call upon the dominator uh, police to come and take uh, that person and remove them from our site, remove them from society, and therefore we don't have to look at that problem. Yeah, that fixes it all. That cleans it up real nice and tidy, doesn't it? You failed at educating yourself, and therefore you failed at educating others. And then this problem manifests. You don't want to deal with it, so you leave it in other people's hands to deal with it and just remove it from your site. Let's just sequester them. Let's, let's move them into this, this private holding area here where, where they'll really ultimately be taught to be more hardened professional criminals as well. And uh, the problem will just correct itself. Yeah, we won't ever have to look at it and deal with the issues that made that in the first place. Sure. Sure. Let me know how that works out for you. Oh, wait a minute. All of the evidence is already all around us how that works out, isn't it? Exactly. So looking at the number 92 in relation to 93 shows us something even more important. If we only arrive at 92 of 93, that's why this number is so important in occult, dark occult terms, 92 or 9-11. It's because of what it represents when you compare it with the number 93, which represents higher consciousness. 92 is duality and base consciousness, beast consciousness, because it's 9. 9 plus 2 is 11. Okay, you, you, you're, the nine doesn't add anything. Nine added to two gives you 11 and you're back to two. Okay, so you're starting with duality and you end up with more duality because you added nothing but ego and base consciousness and lack of awareness. When we look at that in conjunction with 93, Okay, we can reduce both terms. So 92 reduces to 11 and 93 reduces to 12. 9 plus 3 is 12. Then we do another reduction. 1 plus 1 is 2 and then 1 plus 2 is 3. So 92 out of 93, of course, the 9s, you could even skip the middle step there and just drop the 9s. Whenever you see a 9 in any other number or even digits that add to a nine, you could just strike them out because they're zeros in gematria, in occult gematria terms. A nine is equivalent to a zero. So we get two-thirds, and as a decimal, that is written as a repeating six. The concept here being that 
the failure of thought, emotion, and action continues on forever. That no actual corrective mechanisms are being put in place to make this situation better. When we exist in base consciousness and then say, I'm not going to actually do anything in my thoughts to learn about what's called the causal factors of this problem are. I'm not going to activate my care to want to do anything about it. I'm just going to remain apathetic about it. And then to not act, not take action. And to just continue along that line is an eternal failure of thought, emotion, and action. Or in other words, an eternal deadness of consciousness, remaining dead, remaining in the tomb, never awakening, never rising to a higher level of awareness. And that is what we could consider hell, is the perpetual remaining in that state of being, of the, the death of thought, emotion, and action. Or in other words, the death of consciousness. And that's what this world is really rapidly becoming. I would say the vast majority of the people of this world already exist in that state of beast consciousness, 666. And I would say they really exist in a state of that repeating six, that eternal failure in those capacities. They don't want to think. They don't want to know. They don't want to develop care. They like it the way that it is. They don't want to act. They want to continue to be lazy. They don't want to improve themselves. They don't want to look at their actions and their behaviors and, and analyze why there is imbalance here, why there is imbalance present there. So 92 is the failure to achieve love consciousness. It's the failure to achieve unity consciousness, the failure to achieve a higher level of awareness in self. And when we compare it to 93, it ultimately represents endless failure. And it's, again, you could say, well, that's terrible, but isn't it so appropriate? And isn't it exactly as it is? Isn't that what the whole concept of 911 represents or 92? It represents that we failed having to call upon dominators to solve our problems for us as individuals because we didn't want to take personal individual responsibility for bettering ourselves and for bettering our young to properly educate them, to draw out what is truly within them, that spark of the divine within them. No, we wanted to indoctrinate them instead, which is the exact opposite of real education. So let's look at a dark sigil, a dark occult sigil in relationship. Now that we understand what all this symbolism is and what the gematria represents, now we can decode a complex sigil, namely the Fraternal Order of Police's emblem. So let's look at image number 107. This is the Fraternal Order of Police, a 
police organization that is connected with the Blue Lodge degrees of Freemasonry. And we see the five-pointed star, which ostensibly represents sovereignty, ostensibly represents the individual standing on his own, the opposite of collectivism, you know, unity within. And this symbol is being used in proxy, of course. It's not the real thing. It's They're trying to sell you on that idea that this organization somehow represents that when it represents the exact opposite. The letters FOP for Fraternal Order of Police, ostensibly, once again, because when we translate them into Gematria terms, we'll see that it's quite the opposite. We see the all-seeing eye, or the one eye, a Masonic grip on one of the other arms of the star. Then the words, Jus fidus liberatum, law or justice, fidelity and freedom. And we see a structure like a fort, a fortress, with a shield under it with three pillars and a checkerboard strip representing the checkerboard floor of the house in Freemasonry. Now, we'll get to what the letters represent. Let's look at the symbol on the inside briefly. Actually, we can do that afterward. Let's look at the numbers first. So, well, you'll say, what numbers? Well, we saw that letters can be translated into numbers in Gematria. We did this with the reverse of the Great Seal of the United States with the date on the bottom, the Roman numeral dates, um, M-D-C-C-L-X-X-V-I. And we translated those into numbers. That was an, an example of Gematria. With this sigil, we're going to use English Gematria. And we're going to translate each letter into a number. So, if we start with, we write out the English alphabet and we start with A as 1 and then proceed with B as 2, I would be 9, which is symbolic in and of itself, the ego, 9, I, okay? Uh, J is 10, which we would start at 1 again, and then we would repeat um, accordingly. So, F is the sixth letter of the English alphabet. So F translates to six. O is the 15th letter of the English alphabet. We're looking at image number 108 now. O is 15 when it comes to the English alphabet. It's the 15th letter. One plus five, if we reduce it, is six. And you'll see I did the reductions for O and P in image number 109. So P is the seventh, I'm sorry, is the 16th letter of the English alphabet, and that reduces when we add the 1 and the 6 to a 7. So in image number 109, we see the reduced values for FOP. FOP reduces to 667, uh, I'm sorry, 667. Not 666, but 667. So what is 667 in relation 
2666. Well, we saw that 666 is the number of beast consciousness. Man in a state of the lack of activation of thought, emotion, and action. Those three aspects of consciousness remaining inert. Well, 667 represents that only action has been activated, has been brought online. And someone is acting without thought and without emotion. They're acting without thinking and feeling. Now, what does that sound like? That sounds like a robot, an automaton, ones whose actions are automated, but ultimately does not think or feel. They just perform the actions. And this is exactly what police are. People who simply perform actions without ultimately thinking or feeling. And you, uh, I don't know if that came through on the air, but there's a thunderstorm rolling through uh, Philadelphia right now, and there, that was a pretty big lightning strike there. Um, just as I was making that point, which is, <laughs> I mean... You know, the synchronicity can't be any greater as far as I'm concerned. The synchronicities are just piling up enormously. You know, the strike of lightning, as soon as I say that that's a robot, that's an automaton, that's someone who's acting without thinking and feeling, nature coming through and, and sounding with, with sound and light is amazing to me. So, this is what is being said wordlessly, just through the numbers themselves. Now, let, let's just look at the word. F-O-P, a FOP. What is a FOP? That means something as well. A FOP is someone who's trapped in ego. This is a, a slang term. It's someone who's totally obsessed with themselves. It could also just be a simple derogatory term as well. He's a fop. You know, he's just someone who, you know, doesn't really care much about anybody and is just, you know, he's concerned with himself. It could mean that, you know, he's obsessive uh, and, um, you know, is overly concerned with how he looks too but in general it just means the person's overly concerned with themselves they're trapped in ego that's what a fop is cares only about himself and then the numbers 667 representing the failure in thought and emotion but activating the body so taking action not really knowing why you're taking it and not caring and this is what the basis of every police state is, is a being in that state of consciousness, or I should say lack thereof, the lack of true consciousness. Now, the second satanic aspect of this symbol is the raising, as if that's not already bad enough, the raising an image in image number 111, more synchromysticism, 111, the three pillars. I did not plan that, folks. 
That just worked out like that. And the image is about the three pillars. And an important aspect about them that the pillar of unity should be raised above the pillar of duality, not the other way around. And yet, here on this sigil, in the middle of the Fraternal of Order, Order of Police's emblem, we see the pillars of duality are enshrined and held up above the pillar of unity, with the checkerboard floor of the house in between them. This is representing that the, the dualistic principles are upheld over the unifying principles, or in other words, keep them in dual or polarized vision. Keep them seeing the world as us versus them. Keep them in those chronic states of duality and brain imbalance, chronic imbalance toward the left brain hemisphere or the right brain hemisphere. Keep them in a state of internal opposition. Mostly, as I said, the opposition has to be within, it has to be internal opposition, not just the external opposition of keeping them warring with the... Uh, uh, the uh, uh, general population that they see as outside of themselves, these police. You know, they don't see th themselves as being with us, as being part of us. They see it as we're separate somehow. No, you're not. You're not separate from anything. You're going down in, on the same ship. And unfortunately, you're the ones drilling holes in it and can't see what you're doing because you're under such depth of mind control and indoctrination. But most of all, the thing that prevents them from seeing it is that they're in a state of internal opposition. They're ultimately, they don't have their thoughts, emotions, and actions unified. They're taking actions that betray conscience, that betray what they really deep down inside, genuinely know to be wrong. They're betraying what they know to be right, and they're doing what they know to be wrong. They're betraying conscience. And that state of opposition is what the word Satan, where it comes from. The word Satan means opposer, one who opposes, one who creates strife, one who creates opposition an adversary. That's what the word Satan comes from in the Hebrew language. Hashatan means the opposer. And it, it, it is, it's not just Satan. In, in, in the biblical language, when the word Satan is depicted, when it, when it appears in the original text, it is written as the Satan, Hashatan, the Satan the adversary, the opposer, meaning that there is one force that does this. And that is the internal opposition that exists within man when he is in a state of dualistic consciousness, when he is not in the state of consciousness that as he thinks, so he feels and so he acts with no contradiction between those three aspects of consciousness. So we looked at all of the reasons why people act like this. Why? 
is just as important to understand the what, more important even, the indoctrination, the poison, all of the, it, it really it comes down to one thing, it's all poison. Poison going in, when garbage goes in, garbage comes out. You put garbage into a person, their behavior is going to be garbage. That's all it comes down to. So the forms of poison through food, through medicine, shown in the next couple of slides, through mass indoctrination and hypnosis in mass media, what these people are taking in constantly all day, the trash that they read in the newspapers, the trash in magazines, the trash that they take in through that idiot box called the television, and the trash and poison that they've been fed in the outcome-based educational school system. And for people who don't understand that term, you better really become familiar with it and start looking into what OBE is. And it doesn't mean out-of-body experience. It means outcome-based education. Understand that the form of so-called education, which is just indoctrination, and indoctrination toward different varying degrees of socialism, what this school system came from was national socialist education methodologies from the Nazis. They called it mastery learning. And before them, the Bolsheviks had the same system. And th their system of, of indoctrination, I shouldn't even call it education, it should be called outcome-based indoctrination is what it is. It's to call it education is a misnomer because it's not education, it's indoctrination. It's not really drawing out what's within a person. It's not leading them out of darkness. It's leading them into darkness, speaking untruths into them so that they are led into darkness. For people who want to become aware of how this system works and how it's propagated, you really need to check out uh, Charlotte Iserbeet's work, The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America. Yeah, it's a big tome, but I guarantee you'll learn a lot by reading it and understanding how this education system came to be and what it's doing to the minds of our children. So that's a huge part of their actions. Their identification, complete identification with a, an institution and taking that on as you know, ego identification, as, as being who they are, playing that role so fully that that is, becomes their identity, that they think they are that soldier. There's no deeper aspect to the self in their mind. They are the lower self. You know? They are the role that they play in society. And that's what's turning them into the automaton agents of evil. And they can't see it. Can't see it. Because all the individualism has been crushed within them. They're part of a collective. And a collective doesn't really have conscience. A collective is only concerned with the survival of the collective. The individual has conscience. The individual can make a distinct, definite determination objectively between right and wrong. Identification with a group is the, the first step toward the death of conscience. Certainly, an uh, identification with an institution is really the beginning of the end of conscience. Thomas Jefferson really talked about this even before, you know, anybody realized what was going on with uh, the takeover of education here in America. Uh, you know, he understood it just from a general perspective. He said that if a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. 
Ignorance does not go hand in hand with freedom. They can't exist simultaneously, period. You want to be free, you have to be knowledgeable. You have to have the light, meaning knowledge of what's really going on within you. And that, these people don't have it. They're blindfolded. They're hoodwinked. And like I said, they're all too happy to get on those strings of the puppet master because they don't want personal responsibility. Image number 119 and 120 show that, you know, willfulness to blindfold oneself, you know, see the world through this distorted filter. And then ultimately, because you hate personal responsibility so much, you're all too willing to just jump right in there and be the willing puppet of a puppet master. Image 121 shows what it really is to be a soldier in today's world. Thieves of resources of other countries. That's, that's what it really comes down to. And I don't really care who's offended by that. Like I said, get as offended as you like. If you're in this institution, that's ultimately what you're being used for. But you obviously probably like being used. Or you have this ridiculous, childish outdated, distorted notion of what a soldier actually is, some, some asinine version of loyalty or honor that has nothing to do with being a soldier. Zero. Because you just want to be a member of a group, of a collective, and, and be a team member with somebody else. So that you have something bigger than yourself. Well, here's the news flash. Genius, there's nothing bigger than the self. That's what you still haven't gotten. And I'm talking about the capital S self. If you have a connection to that, you have a connection with the universe. But you don't have a connection to that. And so therefore you want this connection to, to this big daddy version of the family and who's going to take care of me. It's just another variant of what is known as the race spirit, the familial spirit and the race spirit that, it, that occult traditions refer to as being the thing that comes in and devastates and destroys the individual, the spark of the divine within and gives oneself over to the collective. And that's why the usurpation of human freedom and the destruction of freedom and encroaching tyranny is always going to be created by a collectivist mindset. People have to understand the way out of that is getting in touch with the self and understanding that the magic number is one, ladies and gentlemen. I've said that before. That's the magic number. Not only oneness, you know, from a perspective of seeing everything as not, not separate, but from a perspective of unifying yourself within the self, within the context and the framework of the higher self, bringing your thoughts, emotions, and actions into a state of non-dualism. And that is never going to be accomplished by identification with groupthink or with a collectivist mindset. I'll leave it right there, and we will wrap up this topic of the uh, occult mockery of police and military next week. Thanks for listening, folks. Hope you enjoyed today's show. That's all we have time for this week. We'll see you here next Sunday, same time. <laughs>